The following is a ray gun armed, faster than light presentation of GalacticNetcasts.com. Hello and welcome to the Sci-Fi Film School podcast, episode 14 for December 16th, 2011. I am the Inter-Dave. Joining me as always is Mr. Matt Stein. How are you, Matt? Terrific as always, Dave. Wait a second. You're not always terrific. Uh, can't I lie to you? <laughs> How was your... Tell me about your week. What did you do? I worked. I went to school. I went to sleep, I went to work, I went to school, I went to sleep. I went to work, I went to school, went to sleep. Then I went to work and played laser tag at work. And now I'm here. So, same as always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except I didn't have to go to work today, which was pretty cool. And yesterday I played laser tag. So, I mean. Well, hot damn. That's all I have to say is hot damn. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing like uh, getting to shoot your boss's boss's boss in the face with a laser. So wait a second. I was kind of doing something while you were talking. Did you say you played laser tag at work? Yeah, it was our holiday party for work, and we went to this, like, sports park thing. So there's, like, an arcade and laser tag. So our entire IS department played laser tag. Did you pretend that you were a Martian and you had that gun that would make people stand still? No, because I didn't watch the movie till this morning. Oh, okay. And the movie, of course, that we're talking about is the one we watched this week. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And um, this is the podcast where we talk about the movie that we watched this week. And then we do a little quiz at the end, see how much you were paying attention, and see how much Matt was paying attention. So let's get into it here. And this week's assignment was... Like I said, the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, 1964, it was released. Huge bomb. <laughs> um, but it's come back. It, it's, it's had its resurgence, resurgence, and pretty much thanks to Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, and I was thinking about this. 1964, great year for a lot of things, like the Beatles came to the U.S., and then they had this film. So this was the blight of 1964 compared to pretty much everything else. What's your, what's your overall thoughts of this movie before we get more into it? It was strange. Like, I was waiting, waiting for it to take, like, a dark... Like, um, when they're in the spaceship... I know, I think they're already on Mars, and Santa Claus is like, all right, everything's good, let me go home. And, uh... Kimar or whatever the the head Martian was like you're never going home and I'm like holy crap plot thickens because <laughs> he was nice almost the whole time you know yes and I'm like now it's gonna get weird and dark and it never did mm -hmm. I think they tried but they couldn't get too dark because it was of course a Christmas movie well and that's the thing like there's Christmas movies that are um, terribly terribly dark uh, I think it was Oh, man, what is it called? It, it's got um, a wrestler in it, and he, like, goes back and kills everybody. No, yeah, there are some dark Christmas movies. In fact, there's, let's see, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then Jack Frost is another one, I believe. But those are 
fairly recent. This is 1964. This is before... No, that's, that's true. That's true. This was in a much happier time in the world in this country, 1964 was. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about it. This film, which regularly appears on Worst Films Ever lists, was directed by Nicholas Webster and stars John Call as Santa Claus, and he was a great Santa Claus, and eight-year-old Pia Zadora. You ever heard of Pia Zadora there, Matt? No, I've never heard of Pia Zadora. I've never heard of any of these people. No one even looked remotely familiar. No, and, and she is the only one that ever went on to do anything more, really. She was a somewhat famous actress. I can't remember any of the movies that she was in particularly, but I know the name, and I know she was kind of famous, and she played one of the Martian kids. This movie has been made into a book, musical, and has been rumored to be getting a remake eventually. It found new life in the 1990s after being featured on an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, one of their highest-rated episodes, by the way. It was re-released to a number of theaters across the country this week, actually. Uh, last week, I want to say. Like 200 oh, theaters across the country. Also, Elvira's movie Macabre version was released on DVD on December 6th of this year. On Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it a 2.6 rating. Um, <laughs> and before we get into it any further, let's talk about the very dumb Martian names. The... <laughs> Uh, the mother was Mobar, which or uh, Momar, which is a combination of Mom and Marsh and Mars. Kimar was King and Martian, and their children were Germar, Girl Martian, and Momar or Bomar, which is Boy Martian. How dumb is that? I think those are the greatest names ever. Are you going to change your name to something crazy like that? Um, okay, boy. okay, okay. Let's do Human. it. Let's do it how they let's do it how they did in the movie. Your first name is Matt, so M A. And where do you live? Uh, I, technically, Nina. Okay, uh, Ma E. Oh. No, that doesn't work. Maina. Sure. There we go. Oh, that's stupid. That's a terrible name. Yeah. I want a new one. Yeah, that's it's stupid. Just like these names in this movie were. Dumb, dumb, dumb. All right, so uh, it's review time. Let's find out. Let's get your description, your explanation of the movie Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, Matt. Um, let's see. So it starts out, um, it's like Christmas time. So it shows like this uh, reporter, sorry, I'm brain farting real bad. Uh, there's a reporter who's in the North Pole at Santa Claus's village, and he goes in and talks to him, and then it, like, pulls out, and there's the two Martian kids watching Earth programs um, on the TV, and then Kimar and Momar are like, oh, the kids are so sad, why? So then Kimar and those dudes he hangs out with, I can't think of their names, um, go and talk to the old man who's 800 years old. Okay, can also, I can I interject something real quick? I guess. Back to the kids. Did you notice the kind of TV the kids were watching? It was a flat screen in 1964. Was it really? Well, it looked like a flat screen. It was actually a, a, a full TV, but I think it was sunk well, into the right. wall. I assume that they like fashioned it to look different, but yeah. I didn't remember the TV. I mean, it was in black and white. so yeah. It looked like a flat screen to me. I might have to go back and take a look at that. 
All right, continue. Um, continue. Hey, old so, man, old man in the swamp. Yes, the old man in the swamp, and uh, like just this weird, heartfelt explanation of why all the kids are sad. Um, also, when it is early December on Earth, it is mid uh, September. So, September. I th- yeah, I think you're right. September or something. Yeah, cl- uh, close to that. Yeah. So the old man explains to him that um, everyone's sad because Santa brings good times and and it's a time of anticipation, which I thought was creepy when he said that. Um, so then they basically are like, "Well, we're gonna go to Earth and we're gonna we're gonna kidnap Santa Claus." So then on their way to Earth, they find uh, the weird helper for Kimar and Momar, who I think might have a touch of the Down syndrome. Um, like hiding in the radar box, which I enjoyed that it was just painted on there. It just said radar box. Well, okay, a lot of the f- stuff they showed on the Martian ship and on Mars looked very human-ish. It, you oh, know, yeah, and they spoke English. Yeah. There was just a lot of like funny things you look at, and it's like, well, that's not very thoughtful. Like You didn't put a whole lot of thought into that. Well, okay, okay. Going back to the descriptions and the labels on that box and on the walls and everywhere else, they used English, but on their on their costumes, on their clothes, they had some crazy ass symbols. Why couldn't have they have just put that stuff like on the box and said that's the Martian language? It's a good question. I would say, why don't you ask whoever made this movie? But they're probably very bad. Yeah, I'm sure they are. So anyways, so they get to Earth, and they find that there are all these Santa Clauses. Um, so they find some kids, and they ask the kids where Santa Claus are, and then they're like, well, we have to steal these kids because they're going to tell people we were here. So they kidnap the kids, go to the North Pole, uh, and then they pull out some weird robot who is supposed to go outside and kidnap Santa Claus, but... Santa Claus makes them feel feelings and turn into a toy. Yeah, that was the worst robot ever. Oh, that robot sucked. Whoever built that robot needs to go back to school for their technological prowess. I think Kimar did. And, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we should probably work on that one. Um, so they, the Martians just bust in and take them. They take Santa Claus back to Mars, and then they start producing toys. And I don't want to give away the best parts of the movie. They were eventually everyone gets happy. Wait a second. There was good parts of this movie? No, not at all. But if someone hasn't seen it, they don't know that. Okay, all right. I'm trying to boost this, this cash flow for these people who made this movie. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Yeah, it, it just kind of like goes on and on and... I feel like it might have been funny if they would have put in like Three Stooges music at some point. Well, it's yeah, it around. seemed it seemed very Three Stooges-ish in the way that some of the actors interacted with each other and some certain scenes where they were just acting goofy. Yeah, and like um, Santa Claus, some of his jokes were hilarious. <laughs> we're going to talk about that a little bit later on on the podcast. Right. By the way, all right. So that's your review. Uh, Give us a rating. What, uh, one out of five. What's <laughs> number? Give me a number. Realistically or like going into it knowing that it's going to be a turn? No. Uh, your honest opinion. What you thought of the movie. One and a half. Okay. In 1964, if you were watching it, what would you give it? Oh, probably like a three or a four. Yeah, because it kind of... 
you're not as you wouldn't be as jaded in 1964. You wouldn't be as snarky in 1964. Right. Oh, I agree. And not only that, but um, in 1964, a lot of this, the um, like the Marzi looking stuff, would probably make a whole lot more sense. Whereas, does not. Yeah, no, the the technology is not there to make it look realistic. It looks and, and a lot of the space scenes and a lot of the in the ship stuff looked a lot like Star Trek. In fact, I recognized a couple of sound effects from Star Trek in this movie. Like the original series Star Trek. Right. I bet you I and not, not, nothing clicked for me, but I guess that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. All right, so uh, that's your review. Let's move on to what we learned, and I will start. What we learned was that in the 1960s, TV reporters were also comedians. And now KID-TV takes you via Telstar, Andy Henderson at the North Pole. Hi, kids. This is Andy Henderson at the North Pole. Ooh, it's cold up here. (laughs) From this spot, there's only one direction you can go. And that's south. <laughs> <laughs> Living up here is pretty rough. I don't see how Santa stands it. <laughs> Since we've been here, we've eaten nothing but frozen food. At least that's the way it is by the time we get it. Because <laughs> it's so cold, Matt. That's why it's frozen. That guy was hilarious. <laughs> what did he say? It was like 90 below zero or something like that? 91 below zero. Yeah, and you'd be able to survive out there if it was actually 91 below zero. Yeah, like later on in the movie when the kids are walking around just like in their shirt. Yeah, and the girl's wearing a skirt. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. So what did you learn, Matt? Uh, We learned of the Martians' plans. All right. Will we get a Santa Claus? There's only one Santa Claus, and he's an Earth. (laughs) Well, I guess that takes care of that. This is a serious matter, Voldar, and desperate problems require desperate deeds. Earth has had Santa Claus long enough. We will bring him to Mars. I'm against it. Our children are fine the way they are. I don't want any Santa Claus bringing them toys and games. They'll start playing and laughing and running underfoot. They'll become a nuisance. I've made my decision. We leave for Earth tonight. Vigna, Lomas, prepare spaceship number one. Not spaceship number one. <laughs> hey, by the way, Voldar's voice, I would die for that voice. That he's got a kick-ass voice. I bet you he was a DJ before he got into acting. The guy with the mustache. Yeah, no, I know who he was. I was like, I don't know. Find, you, you know his name. Call yeah. him up. I'm going to do some research after the show's done. <laughs> all right, so that's their plan. They want to bring Santa Claus to Mars to make all the Martian kids happy. Um, all right, we learned what happens when Martians and humans first meet and it ain't pretty who are you we're from mars don't be afraid we have children just like you on mars what are those funny things sticking out of your head those are our antenna are you a television set (laughs) stupid question is this what you want to do to our children on mars turn them into nincompoops like these (laughs) oh voldar lighten up (laughs) he just needs a hug yeah I think so Um, well you know one of the interesting things and I was thinking about capturing the audio but I forget what character was talking about it but they explained how the children grow up and it sounded a lot like how kids are growing up today uh, wired into a computer and 
I, I wish I would have captured that audio because it sounds a lot like what we've become. Um, right. I don't remember it word for word, but I remember it making sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, they predicted our future. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, your turn. Yeah, no, we learned uh, Voldar didn't really like Kimar. All right. Let's get Santa Claus and blast off. We'll surround the workshop and send Torg in to get Santa. Nobody is to be harmed unless they get in our way. Ah, no one is to be harmed. What has happened to the great warriors of our planet? Mars used to be the planet of war. Mark my words, Kimar. Your softness will destroy us. Santa Claus. Toys, games, laughing children. Well, we shall see. But for now, to your posts. Torg, follow me. Torg, the most ineffective robot in the history of robots. <laughs> and how about that costume for Torg? It was the worst costume ever, next to the polar bear costume. It reminded me, there was a, <clears throat> a band from Madison called uh, Droids Attack. And I they have I, a guy who dresses up in something like that and just, like, walks around. Yeah, I think I've heard of that band. And, uh, yeah, definitely old-school robot-looking costume, but you'd think they could do a better job than that. It looked like cardboard and, like, tinfoil. <laughs> you know? It was 60s. I don't know what you expect. Well, I mean, 1964, even, they could have done a, done a better job than that. I don't know. All right, we learned that Santa Claus tells really bad jokes. Here we go. Here's one of them. How's our captain? He's having the time of his life. He's such a funny little man. Why, I've only been with him for five minutes, and he has me laughing just like an earthling. <laughs> What's soft and round, and, and you put it on a stick, and, and you toast it in a fire, and it's green? I don't know. What? A marshmallow! <laughs> he said marshmallow. That, that's a play on words, Matt. Oh, yeah, and then he says, that's what you're turning into, a Martian Mellow. <laughs> yeah, Voldar got pissed off right after that. Yeah, Voldar, I don't know, he needs to shave his mustache. I think that's it. I think if he didn't have that huge thing over his mouth, he'd be a much happier person. Not only that, but I feel like his mustache is what made him a bad guy. Like, no one else had a mustache. Well, that's why that's they always give the... They either they always give some recognizable thing to identify the bad guy in movies. And right. for, for Voldar, it was a big old, um, how would you describe his mustache? It reminded me of um, Freddie Mercury. It reminded me of a, uh, an old-fashioned Western Mexican guy, like a Mexican person they would show in an old-fashioned Western movie. I know, it was a pretty raucous stash, though. I mean, it was... In charge. Yep. All right. Uh, where did we leave off? Uh, oh, yeah, it's your turn. Uh, we learned what happens when Voldar is left unsupervised. Uh-oh. Who's in the airlock? <laughs> no one. Now. What's going on, Voldar? Chief, Sam and the children are missing. Where are they? Drifting around in space. Along with the rest of the space jump. All right. So, yeah, Voldar tried to, he attempted at killing Santa and the two kids by locking them in the, the airlock room and then opening the airlock. But for, through some miracle of Santa Claus having powers, 
the kids were able to climb through the air, the the duct, and then Santa got through it. Some because you know Santa goes down chimneys, so he's able to make himself small. I think that's what they were trying to say. <laughs> yeah, it's just magical. Yeah. All right. Uh, we learned. Yeah, it's my turn, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> we run such a smooth podcast, don't we? Yeah, right. Uh, we learned the sound Santa makes when he's concerned. So here's what it sound, sounds like. I'd like to get going and have the toy shop operating full blast so as I can return to Earth for Christmas. You know, Mrs. Claus is a very good-natured woman, but Santa Claus, you will never return to Earth. Who are you? Now you belong to Mars. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Plot thickens right there. Yeah, that's the scene that you were talking about, how it was this happy-go-lucky movie, and then it made this this turn uh, about three-quarters of the way through right there with that scene. Yes. But then it got happy again. It got happy pretty quick. I mean, it was sad for a few minutes, and then it got happy again and then voldar started hatching his plan to kidnap santa and all that stuff and uh yeah wh- and wh- then uh, santa claus just complained about his finger hurting <laughs> all he does is push yeah. <laughs> the future of automation uh all right so um yeah one one more and it's your turn Yes, we learned what happens when you give a machine an elves job. But we were we were just talking about this. Yes, we were. Okay, let's go. One teddy bear and one dog. One teddy bear and one dog. Santa, stop the machine! Look, the dog has a teddy bear's head, and the teddy bear has a dog's head. I can't understand it. Well, let's try it again. What's next, Betty? One baseball bat. Uh, baseball, tennis, uh, why, uh, this'll never do. The machine isn't working right. Why, this doesn't make sense. Well, this never happened when we made toys by hand. That, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure that same sen- sentiment has been said by numerous people over the years when they decided to automate their uh, assembly process. Oh, yeah, I agree. This never would have happened if we would have been doing it by hand. Yeah, but then you everything's slower and you make less money and come on, let's be realistic. Alright. So that is what we learned. I hope that you learned enough to do well in our quiz. Are you ready, Matt? We yeah, we'll find out. Alright, here here's the really loud music. Alright, are you sitting comfortably? Yes, I am. Okay. Hopefully, you, the listener, paid close enough attention to do well on the quiz. So, if you're ready, Matt, if the listener is ready, let's go. Here is question number one. When Santa was listing off his reindeer, this is at the very beginning of the film, when he was listing off his reindeer, what presidential name did he throw in by mistake? What presidential name did he throw in by mistake and... Thinking back at this movie, he wouldn't have been president uh, yet. Interesting. Is this not multiple choice? No, this is straight up answer. Nixon. Are you completely sure with that? 100% sure. All right, let's find out if you were right. Hey! 
One down. Getting off to a rip-roaring start. <laughs> All right, uh, question two. What was the name of the ancient one of Mars whom Kiamar sought advice about the children from? And this is indeed a multiple choice. Okay. Was it Arknark? Was it Chochem? Was it Nochip? Okay. What was the name of the ancient one whom Kimar sought advice about for the children? Because the children were all sad and he was trying to get advice. Was it A, Arknark, which I love that name, B, Chochem, or C, Nochip? I'm going to have to go with Chochem. Are you, do you remember that from the movie or are you just guessing? No, I remember it once you said it. Okay. <laughs> All right, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheer, cheer, cheer. Yeah, uh, again with the stupid names. They, uh, this movie went to great lengths to have really dumb names. I, that's probably the best thing they could think of. It, although it would have been funnier if they just would have been, like, instead of Martian names, it just would have been, like, Herb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> King of the Martians. Well, they could have done it because they didn't really hide the fact that they were, I mean, they had a lot of human things in, in the stuff they did and the, 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 the way they talked. And uh, they, had the, they had the food pills that were all, uh, you know, earth food. Right. And the only difference was um, that they, like, wore a helmet and they were green. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Question number three. What stopped Voldar's search for the children at the North Pole and made him run away? What stopped Voldar's search for the children at the North Pole and made him run away? Run away! <laughs> that's, that's, from, uh, uh, that's from Monty Python, by the way. It's, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember that. I love Monty Python. Um, I think it's when the robot comes over the hill, but I can't think of his name, like Torker, Thorker. No, that scene that scene came afterwards. Um, the thing that made Voldar run away was the polar bear. Oh. The badly costumed polar bear. <laughs> so, you got one wrong, two right. You're still winning this thing. Yes. Question four. What was the name of the Martian's killer robot? What was oh, the... come on! <laughs> okay, multiple choice. I promise. Okay. Multiple choice. Here. A, Torg. B, Flark. C, C, Cybot. Was it A, Torg, B, Flark, or C, Cybot? A, Torg. Are you completely positive? Yeah, I know. Are, 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 are you comfortable with that answer? 100%. And you'd be right by being comfortable with that. It was indeed Torg. Right. These were all typical, like, 1960s science fiction names, pretty much. Why isn't yeah. my cursor moving down? Oh, because I'm at the end of the page. That's why. <laughs> all right. That would make sense. All right, so uh, moving on to question five. What food pill did the stupid Droppo take of Billy's that he really liked? 
What food pill did Droppo take of Billy's that he really, really, really liked? Chocolate ice cream. That is... Yay! Yes. And then Santa Claus goes, if they have a headache, do they just take chocolate ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, the corny the corniness never ended in this film. That's for no, sure. No, not at all. It just it got worse and worse and worse. All right. So, uh, yeah, you're doing you're doing well. I think you might get this without any more wrong answers. But we shall see, because as you know, I'm terrible at predicting the outcome of these things. Yes, you are. Okay. Question six: <laughs> What Earth custom did Billy teach Bomar? What Earth custom did Billy teach Bomar? The handshake. Are you completely positive? Yes, sir. Okay, let's find out. Yay! I swear to God, uh, I've got one more question here, and I swear to God it's a multiple choice, but I can't get to the multiple choice because it won't go let me down the page. Okay. Hang on. All right. Okay. Hang on. Okay. All right. Hang on. See, it's not... No, it's not going to let me. So, um, this is going to be a straight-up answer. Because I can't think of any multiple choice for this one. Okay. And hopefully I can remember the answer, because the answer's not even there. (laughs) What was the name of Voldar's force field surrounding his hideout? What was the name of the... If Voldar's force field surrounding his hideout. It's the nuclear curtain? Bueller? Wow, you were actually kind of tensed up there, like nervous that you wouldn't get it. Well, I knew it was ner- nuclear something, and I couldn't remember if it was like the nuclear curtain or shroud or. It was uh, yeah, and this is so typical of the 1960s, just throwing in nuclear whenever they need something, you know, <laughs> nuclear atomic, because uh, everything was nuclear back then because that was the thing, you know. All right, so you got six out of seven right. Congratulations, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, you are the man. I do what I can. All right, so uh, that's the quiz. Uh, final thoughts about this movie, favorite parts, observations. I didn't write anything down. Oh, um, I mean, there was some, like, the radar box. I thought it was weird that you could, like, open it up and climb inside, and it was just, like, four wires. Well, and it, apparently a, a, a human kid knows how to rewire it to stop it from working. Well, he just pulled the wires out. Just, just started yanking. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, you know, the reason why they were, it was just a box with wires was because it needed to be there for the kids and for what's-his-face to hide in. Droppo, yeah. Yeah, Droppo. Well, I agree, but it was just like, I don't know, make like just a storage container then instead of a radar box. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could have done that. Let's go back in time and redo this movie, shall we? Okay, well, let's go to like 1963. Yeah. It would be kind of cool to be to go back in time and to go to that year just because of all the stuff that was happening. I mean, uh, 63, the president died. Um, 64, the Beatles arrived. What else was happening? Uh, the very early start of the Vietnam War. That'd be interesting. 
Yeah, no, that'd be, I'd go and buy a bunch of stock in Microsoft and Apple. Well, they wouldn't be around yet. Exactly. You wouldn't have the stock to buy. I would go buy the names. Uh, you could buy, yeah, sure. Um, you could trademark the, trademark the names, or you could, like, there was existing uh, companies, like, I think Hewlett-Packard was around back then, I think. I'm not mistaken. I you know what I guess I could do? Just go back into the 60s with a copy of Windows and just be like, look what I have. Yeah, then you would totally mess up the future, man. Oh, uh, just destroy it. You would come back and people would have things sticking out of their heads like they had in this movie, like the Martians. <laughs> I guess, is that any different than the way some people are now? That's true. Yeah, not literally, but, you know, people are wired in pretty much. I mean, I sit in front of a computer all day, like I... I always have my Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus open, so you know, what's that say about me? Eh, I don't. I do the same thing at work. I have a computer. I have two computer screens in front of me. Well, you know, I just, uh, I just real, I rearranged my my living room today, so I have my, I combine my entertainment center with my computer desk, so I have my computer in front of me and my TV up above me, so. Because when we do these podcasts, I have to have a bunch of screen real estate, and so I can watch TV and be on the computer at the same time. So I'm completely wired in. I, I just want to like sit in your living room for like I don't know ten minutes. It's like Mission Control in here, man. It's great. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. All right, so um, we didn't talk about this before we started the show, but I wanted to ask you whether you wanted to take next week off or the week after off. Do you want to do no podcast next week and then a podcast the week after or vice versa? Uh, do you have a preference? I mean, I don't, I don't work next Thursday or Friday. Okay. It, it's, so. it doesn't matter. Um, I guess the only thing holding me back was I was going to leave for the Twin Cities on Saturday, but that doesn't matter because we do the podcast on Friday, so... Uh, okay. Or we can do we it can Thursday. Do next, we can do next week because then the following week I will be working full time okay. during my Christmas break. All right, so we'll do it next week. And next week's assignment is another holiday movie, Matt. Oh, from 59? Are you kidding? 1959, <laughs> and I've heard that this movie is really bad. Um, and it also takes place in space. The uh, Santa Claus is uh, 1959 Dark Tale, or Dark Take. On the Christmas season, a bizarre tale involving the devil, a demon named Pitch, and a plot to derail Yuletide cheer with pure, unadulterated... I knew I was going to have trouble with that word. Unadulterated evil. But there is another big twist worth mentioning. This Santa Claus lives in outer space, and his only hope for saving Christmas lies in the hands of Merlin the Magician. (laughs) And this is another one that Mystery Science Theater 3000 did. Santa Claus. I'm trying to find it on Netflix, and when you type in Santa Claus, there's 10,000 movies that show up. Yeah, you might have to dig down just a little bit. Oh, it's the one with uh, Santa and the devil. Yeah. Gotcha. There yeah. we go. I found it. I went right past it the first time. So I, I promise after this one, we'll, we'll, we'll do a more modern movie after this. I don't even know if I want to. This is not the oldest one we've done, right? We did um, the... X was... What year was that? 54 or something like that. I think. out right now. All right. 51. 51. Okay, so this is the second oldest movie that we've done. Yeah, just um, chock full of the hits. 
All right. So don't miss next week's holiday edition, the second holiday edition. See, next year we're not going to have any other holiday movies to do unless unless. Are you kidding me? What? There's uh, plenty. There's plenty. Well, of I mean, sci-fi themed holiday movies. There's got to be more out there. Well, you do the digging and get back to me. Well, I'll do the digging next year. Okay. Yeah, we got plenty of time. So uh, don't miss the special holiday edition of the Sci-Fi Film School podcast next week. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us if you haven't yet by clicking the iTunes logo on the website galacticnetcast.com. And or, and or by filling out the email form, and once we post a new episode, you'll be you'll get a link emailed to you. It's very easy if you don't want to go through the rigmarole. Not rigmarole. What's that word? Rigmarole. Rigmarole of uh, syncing to iTunes and that kind of stuff. But you don't have to sync to iTunes because why, Matt? Tell us. Oh boy, uh, we're on the the Stitcher Smart Radio thing because you love that thing so much. Yes. Um, I've yet to use it, <clears throat> so I'm just going to read what you have. But it says, Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or WebOS phones, uh, and on demand and on the go. If you don't have Stitcher, you can download it free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Uh, Stitcher Smart Radio is the smarter way to listen to radio. It is smarter. You'll be a smarter person by doing it. And whether you have, did you mention all the platforms it's on? Yes. Okay. Did you get paid to like put that in there? No, no, we're not getting paid. We we just I asked them if we could be on Stitcher, and they said sure. And while you're at it, why don't you mention some copy points? And oh, well, that's cool. It's I guess. kind of a tradey. It it's a tradey thing. It was a very detailed description, just because. So, yeah. I mean, that's cool though that they were kind of like, hey. I, I mean, I could have written this because I was you know in radio for twenty years, and that, this is the kind of thing that I learned. Uh, I can I can hear your head getting bigger. <laughs> all right, um, all right. That's going to do it for episode fourteen of the Sci-Fi Film School podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you later, Matt. Goodbye, David. This has been a presentation of Galactic Netcasts. To subscribe to this and our other podcasts, go to galacticnetcasts.com. dot